This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. News time right now, 8-12. You're tuned in to WGNS on this Monday morning, today, the 22nd of February. And our guests this morning are from the Murfreesboro City School System. And uh, as we start off this morning, Lisa Trail with us. Lisa, the schools are closed today, and uh, that's due to the ongoing snow and ice slowly melting away. That is true. We are closed. ESP is open. Okay. Now, was ESP open last week? ESP was not open last week, so we're really proud to have ESP open today. Uh, They're open at 11 of our 13 sites. Two of our sites um, are going to, like Hobgood is going to Black Fox, and Overall Creek is going to Salem. But other than that, those are the only tweaks for our ESP today. Lisa is the Director of Communications for the City Schools. For those who don't know what ESP is, what is that? Extended School Program. So that is our... um, program that wraps around the school day it's usually available from 6 a.m to 6 p.m so depending on what time your school begins you can get there at six o'clock and you can pick up your children at 6 p.m now that's a program that started i guess in the 80s and it's been uh, you know ongoing ever since how heavily used is that and have you seen increased numbers over the last i don't know 10 20 years or so Wow, 10 to 20 years. I'd have to say yes. (laughs) I don't think I even have to think about that, but yes. Um, It's a really wonderful program for our parents to utilize. Um, It really helps to supplement the school day. And it also helps that when you're dropping off your child, your child is at the school, they're going to attend the rest of the day. So if you're trying to make it to Nashville by 8 o'clock, you certainly need to be dropping your children off before their bell rings. Um, They also do a lot of programming for our students that really are STEM-related, that's science-related, arts-related, and uh, just a a very successful program. We have probably about a third of our students attend that program. You know, I I guess late 70s, early 80s, we saw a big shift in mothers who decided to go to work because the price, the cost of living went up, I guess, in the 80s or so. Uh, But that being said, I guess that was the big drive when the program first started. You are really past my (laughs) knowledge base on that. I I would go with an assumption of that, but I think it's just a wonderful resource to offer for our our parents. And I think you see that with school districts uh, across the nation saying we have a building, we have have staff members that we can train and be ready to uh, not only offer a babysitting source because we don't consider it that we offer them a source of of additional knowledge uh, lots of camps lots of activities that's just going to benefit the child and benefit the parent as well again uh, lisa trail with us and also a guest in studio sherry arnett director of instruction for the murfreesboro city schools sherry what do you do there Oh, I work closely with teachers from Murfreesboro City Schools and the instruction department, making sure teachers have the resources that they need each day to help our students grow and learn. I guess uh, teachers have to continue to learn just like the students do as everything changes over time. 
They sure do. One thing we've been very fortunate to do this year with with the pandemic is offer professional development online through Zoom. Um, We have several going on this afternoon, after school, and this week. So very excited about that. I don't know what that was there. I... (laughs) We didn't touch anything. (laughs) That was weird. It was like a a high school marching band or something coming through the room. Very excited we're here. (laughs) Again, Sherry Arnett also with us with the Murfreesboro City Schools. How hard has it been for teachers to adapt to teaching online when they have to? Well, I think it has been a challenge, but they have done a tremendous job of learning. We've had to learn some new technology features. to connect with our students, but all in all, they've done a fabulous job through Google Classroom and Zoom. So the students, you know, I'm curious because I'm trying to picture, we're talking some kids who are eight, nine years old. It's hard for me to imagine them just sitting behind a computer screen and actually learning and listening to what the teacher says, because if you're at home, you've got so many distractions. There are some challenges, but one thing with that, if you are a virtual student, you do have a learning coach and that's typically the parent or the adult that's home so that helps with those distractions so to speak but all in all it has gone extremely well well that's good to hear and i'm sure it's gone well for the teachers as well as you were talking about they're learning new things with computers obviously doing things with zoom what is the best way that you found for teachers to actually teach outside the classroom via the internet is it zoom or is there something else that's being used for us zoom and google classroom has worked really well for us we don't necessarily have a learning management system that some systems have but we've been very successful again with zoom and google classroom and really until you experience google classroom it's really hard to describe Mm -hmm. Uh, but i have to say from that I don't know if they're impressed with something. We are really rocking it this morning. So I I have to say we did have March, April, May to get ready for going back to school. So our virtual teachers are just amazing. And it's not like the children are just being lectured to. They're not sitting there just watching without any interaction. a lot of students are really really succeeding in this and then the ones that are not they have the opportunity to come back to the classroom Uh, that's really a parent decision along with the principals and making sure that we're doing what's right by a child but you know i actually had to go to a google classroom watching watching the teaching just to understand it myself because they it's incredible what the teachers are able to accomplish and how much interaction the children are able to get to give back whether they're in first grade or sixth grade so we do have parent contracts so that if a child is going to be in a virtual classroom we do ask some things of the parent or that or that adult coach it could be the grandparent or whatever so to make sure they the children do have their own setup they're free of distraction that they know that we log on at 7 30 if your bell time is 7 30 we log on at 8 30 or 9 if your bell time is 8 30 so there's a lot of checks and balances in place and again really i don't think i quite understood how the process would work and how wonderful it would work until I was able to sit in a class. And so sometimes when we're talking about it, if you don't have a child in school, it's really hard to imagine because it's something none of us have experienced before. But with that said, most of our children are in the classroom. We don't. We have about 80% of our children at Murfreesboro City Schools in the traditional classroom. So those uh, virtual students that are virtual by choice now are really those who have some health issues or 
uh, other issues that are going on in their home or parent choice. So we really, most of our teachers are teaching the traditional classroom setting and those students are doing amazing. We had so many conversations about how are we gonna keep masks on a first grader? It's just not been a problem. It has just become a part of our lives and uh, I think the children are so much more adaptable than we are. And then our teachers, some of them really did not like teaching virtual and for those, they're teaching in the classroom setting. Other ones have excelled and I mean excelled at virtual learning. So those are the teachers that are really teaching virtual learning and they, you know, they may have found a niche for the rest of their life. It's mm-hmm. just it's just really been fascinating. And again, it's not like we're having to recreate like something that just for Murfreesboro Pearl City Schools. This is happening across the nation and um we'll we'll just continue to you know, go forward until hopefully we don't have to deal with this anymore. Again, with us this morning, Lisa Trail and Sherry Arnett from the Murfreesboro City School System, and of course, a high school marching band in here, too, as you <laughs> heard. I, I still can't figure out what that was coming through the board. But anyway, interesting stuff, you know, the, the mysteries of radio. We're talking about the Murfreesboro City Schools. So I'm curious, you said uh, the Google Classroom's kind of hard to explain or understand for those who are not familiar with it but are kids taking home like a uh, one of those google pads and well they have technology at home so yeah they either that or they've got it from the school and you can use either a school resource or your personal resource so i'm and the reason i say that it's like you know unless you're really experiencing it is really like i there's a lot of uh, games that are online games that i don't understand as much as you talk to me about it because i've never seen it so i it's just one of those where we've we've just learned but at the same time we're having lots of lots of great events coming up so we haven't just lost our imagination uh we're doing read across america in march which is something we always do um it's reading it we're combining it with reading in the schools day which is what read to succeed typically sponsors with us in the fall so working with read to succeed and our media specialist we're going to have a great day on march 2nd lots of virtual reading lots of lots of guests coming into the classroom via zoom and we're looking forward to that also some of the best field trips that i have ever seen um these virtual field trips coming into the classroom not only are our students so excited about it but the people who are creating these virtual field trips have gone above and beyond we've had uh one of one or two or i don't have any classes dressing up with in a whole medical ppe to do a virtual field trip for a surgery mm-hmm. and um then we've had them going it's it's amazing i mean the teachers have not lost their creativity certainly so it i'm always just so impressed when i see what's going on in those classrooms so it's not like we're on lockdown we are we are bringing it in it's just a different resource and you know what we can bring them and bring in guests from across the nation and across the world via zoom so i think you'll see a lot of this continue on in the future we also have a virtual family math night that's coming up. That's at Case and Lane in Black Fox. And um, Cindy Klish and um, our MTSU partners are going to be putting those things on. So there is just a lot of interaction still going on. Most of it's virtual. Some of it's drive-by. But it's still happening in our schools. You know, it really seems like the whole COVID pandemic has sped up what can be offered in the classroom with technology because I have seen so much more 
being offered within the schools that I've never really imagined or thought of before. And I'm sure y'all are in the same boat. I mean, some of the things that you're able to do now with, with Zoom are pretty impressive. And then the Google Classroom as well. It's pretty cool what's being offered. Mm-hmm. I know Lisa mentioned the field trips a minute ago when I got that folder in my, on my office desk to sign. I thought, surely we're not doing field trips, but the virtual, it's, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Do you so, think yeah. we'll ever get back to regular real life field trips again? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The hands-on learning is by far, just like when we talk about children in the classroom, mm-hmm. children learn better in the classroom but we can also teach virtually. So I think we will get back to that. I think that we will never forget these resources. And and we were actually doing a lot of them anyway. We were having pen pals from across the nation, um, a lot of, even some contests, our technology uh, coaches or instructional technology coaches were really working with our schools to do some contests, whether it's math contest or, um, I was trying to think some of the other things going on, from like Black Fox, uh, opposing uh, overall creek you know in a math or spelling bees and all of that kind of stuff and it wasn't just across the district it was across the country so we you know we've always been using it i think people are just now seeing it outside of the classroom paying really more paying attention what's going on um but we also have had we have our gifted graduation coming up we've been doing a gifted academy for the past seven years Mm -hmm. that is a combination between the jennings and rebecca jones foundation mtsu and murfreesboro city schools so we haven't stopped those uh graduates will be i guess defending their project on uh next next saturday i think is when it is but so teachers are learning um those are typically we typically meet on saturdays they've been doing it virtually and they will come out with their accreditation for gifted gifted teaching there's a i'm sorry i just forgot what they're actual (laughs) what they do but it's a it's a it's legit do you remember i'm I'm trying to think uh, sorry about that our gifted our gifted guys are gonna they're they're gonna kill me (laughs) it's a gifted endorsement for teaching and we have about 200 of our murfreesboro city school teachers who have already received this endorsement so have the teachers said anything about the kids who are learning from home, those who are, I guess, virtual learners, has it been more difficult for those kids and are their parents typically home or a parent typically home during the day to help that student? Yes, they are typically, there is someone home with them because we are elementary school. So it's not really the age that you can stay home by yourself. And I, again, I think it's varies by child as to how well they're succeeding. And some children just don't have a choice because of health issues or whatever and i think that they're doing a great job and parent involvement is key but parent involvement is key in all education what we do for seven hours a day can only be enhanced by an active parent whether they're reading to them at night or they're helping them with math or they're playing cards because cards is one of the best ways of learning math um so I think it may have been a challenge at the beginning, you know, because it was something new. We haven't experienced it before, but I think we've settled into it mm-hmm. now. now. I know the Rutherford County School System has come out with a brand new all-virtual school. and it, mm-hmm. It's standalone and different from COVID-19, you know, the practices with COVID-19 and people uh, learning from home distance learning and all that. Is the Murfreesboro City School System going to put together a virtual school in the future? I don't think we can really answer that at this point. I think we're trying to figure out how to move forward. I, I do foresee that we'll have virtual learning. I'm not sure it'll be a standalone school. Rutherford County is much larger than we are, so um, 
we'll, we will learn from them and see how they're how they're working and see how we can work to um, offer similar programs for our students. But um, I applaud them. They were they really have tried mm-hmm. hard, and actually they're gonna. They're going to work out a few of the kinks. (laughs) Now, obviously, we saw a lot of uh, snow days last week and today as well, where the students had to be out because of snow and ice on the roads. Are snow days going to be a thing of the past one day because of all this virtual learning that we're able to do? You know, I get asked that all the time, and my answer is no. I, I just don't think it'll be a thing of the past. We It may be that on a week like last week, we have three snow days and two that we do virtual learning. But you have to be prepared, and you have to know that every child has a a computer in their in their hands at their home. You also have to know they have internet access. So if they don't have an internet access that will be um, stay up and working, then then we'd be teaching only half of our students. So we really have to look at that equity and see what's happening. We also want to make sure that you know. I don't want to take away the joy of a snow day, I have to tell you. <laughs> so my answer is always, we will have snow days. Now, it may look different in years to come when everybody's one-on-one. But until we have that Internet connection across the city, um, it's, hard to, it's hard to go just to all students virtually learning. Because if you're living in a home um, with three other siblings and you have kind of spotty Internet, all three can't be on Zoom or all three can't be on a virtual classroom and that's just there's just so many issues to talk about it it's it's an easy thing to say yes we could be but when you start thinking about the real specifics um even in my household i mean we have a really great internet connection but when there's three of us on it and what we found in march and april when i was working from home and my husband was working from home and my college age kids came and she's trying to do zoom for college at home and then we had another one we had four on and we're like okay one of us has to go (laughs) so i chose to be the one to go because it was just hard so you have to think about people in their homes and what access they have and can they all be online exactly the same time and zoom just and the google classrooms and those type programs really take a lot of bandwidth Again, with us this morning, Lisa Trail and Sherry Arnett from the Murfreesboro City School System. Changing gears just a little bit here. A new director of schools was recently hired. Can you tell us about how that process went and uh, what the outcome was? Well, we have Mr. Trey Duke, who will be serving as our director of schools. He begins next week, actually. Um, and the process was a very... Um, open process it went very smoothly we started out with community meetings and of not only of our community but community meetings of our of our school districts to say what are we looking for in a new director of schools lots of conversations about that uh, lots of feedback with that and then we moved to the actual search process we used tennessee school board association to do that search because they do this across the state so they were really able to help guide our board And our board did a wonderful job. We narrowed it down to five people. They did five interviews. We had Zoom interviews with different community leaders as well as public interviews with all of them. Waited on feedback from um, our staff, from our community, and I think our board weighed that feedback as well as what they knew from their candidates and really narrowed that search to um, Mr. Duke. He's almost a doctor. He gets his doctorate in the next month, I guess. So I'm I'm 
trying to not call him doctor yet, but it's easy. <laughs> doctor Duke just ring, <laughs> rings a bell there. So, uh, so he will begin on uh, Monday, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right around the corner, we they had the board had decided that they would like someone to start before the end of the school year. That way, they it allows them to get familiar with the budget because we're in the middle of budget season it allows them to get familiar with the people before we went on school break so um, the fact that he was an internal candidate actually helped us to get him in a little bit earlier than what we expected and he is the uh, principal at Salem Elementary now so the assistant principal will step up and serve as the interim principal for the rest of the school year and then we'll do a search for that principal's position. Now the interesting thing about this search and I know the school board has done interviews before within school board meetings where other people could watch but the interesting thing about this one the interviews that were conducted those final interviews were actually done online so literally who knows how many people actually tuned in to watch that online and that that's got to be tough for those who are being interviewed oh it had to be I, I i felt so bad for our five finalists because it was live so it was broadcast live and then we put it up on uh youtube so anyone could watch it afterwards so i i did it that had to be tough it but they all, I mean, it was incredible. Our our selection was just amazing. And as I sat and listened to them, and three of them were internal candidates, but just listening to them, I learned so much more about them and their personalities. And so it was just, it was incredible. And I cannot imagine being in that position. But if you're going to be a director of schools, you get put on the spot a lot. So this was a good trial. So, and I do think it opened it up to the community. So anyone could watch, anyone could see, uh, our teachers could watch the entire thing. Whereas in the past, if you were in, you know, if you were in the room, you got to see it. If you weren't, you didn't get to see exactly. So you heard a lot of information that, but you didn't get to hear it firsthand. So actually I thought it went very smoothly. It was a good process. And while three of the candidates were from within the school system, the other two, I believe, were from schools in Williamson and Wilson County. So they were not far out of the area. They right. definitely know what's going on within our community. Absolutely. That had to be a, a, a wild process, though. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I would like to be in charge of overseeing that whole thing. Well, our board did a wonderful job. They, they really did. Um, I, I give them kudos for it. Um, Mr. Ringstaff really was a spearhead in it as well. I think everybody just worked together. They knew the what we are what our outcome was supposed to be, which was giving us a a great director and setting the standard for going forward. So we're we're looking forward to Mr. Duke coming on. I have to once again say that Mr. Ringstaff in serving as an interim director between Dr. Gilbert's passing, which was so sudden, to now has done an outstanding job of filling in that gap for us and keeping us moving forward. So I don't think, you know, and when you talk to Mr. Duke, he'll say, you know, the great thing is I'm going into a great program. I'm going into a great district. There is nothing where it's broken and we have to have to train, change it. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some, some, we'll make it his own, but Mr. Ringstaff's done a, a fabulous job, and he is to be um, given many accolades for that. And I know you said Trey Duke is the principal at, I believe, Salem, one of the newer schools here mm-hmm. in Murfreesboro. Uh, before that, was he also a teacher, or what did he do before being a principal? He actually came to us from Rutherford County Schools, uh, where he oversaw all the federal programming and many, many other hats that he wore in the 
central office. He has been a principal at Smyrna Elementary and um, another one, and I'm so sorry that I'm, I'm blanking. But so, yes, he's he's been a classroom teacher. He's been an assistant principal. He's been a principal. He's worked at the central office level. Uh, he's been over federal programs, which is a huge, huge thing for any school district. Uh, he's worked with budgets. He's worked with calendars. So he actually comes with a wide variety of experience. When we, uh, re- when he became a part of Murfreesboro City School, he was actually charged with opening that school. So he actually opened Salem from the ground up, um, from everything from working on which library books to purchase to with the with the librarian of course to what color carpet goes in a school to how are we going to manage fire exits and all that kind of good stuff so he actually is coming from a just a wealth of knowledge and i think that's going to really help because he does have lots of classroom experience he's worked in um both title schools and non-title schools um just I think he's very well-rounded. I think that our board did a great job of finding a great candidate for us, and it just happened to be an internal candidate. So that's even better because he doesn't have to start off learning who the principals are or who the central office team are Mm -hmm. or any of that. Now, there's a lot of people he won't know because if you're working in one school, you're going to know pretty much that school. But he did have the opportunity to also work under Dr. Gilbert for six months and really get to know us, and we got to know him. Uh, through that six months because you you know while he was opening the school there was a lot of resources where he'd have to run to instruction and talk to sherry and her team or technology or you know it's so with that diverse background where he actually worked with federal government programs within the county school system is there a hope that he's going to be able to bring in more federal dollars to help out the city school system maybe programs that are you know under the federal government that were not maybe explored previously uh no i think we have those same federal dollars that's not it's it's i think we're getting all the federal dollars we possibly can so that's just one of those things i'm managing and making sure that federal dollars are spent for federal projects for instance title schools get a certain amount of dollars set aside for family engagement or for other activities that they need so it's really looking at that uh social emotional uh type issues that are we doing the right things so i don't think you're gonna we're not going to be writing new million billion dollar grants from federal it's just a matter of that's where his background came from and knowing how to use those dollars mr joe marlin uh, oversees those for murfreesboro city schools i'm sure that he will draw on uh mr duke's knowledge base but you've got a very very good person already overseeing our programs and uh becky sally who is one of our other folks who don't honestly she that her name doesn't come up a lot and she just she's that cog in our wheel that we could not do without uh so you know she knows those federal dollars as well so i i say that just so, so you know that he has that knowledge and it's a very important knowledge because most of our dollars are given to us from a federal level um federal and state and then it kind of comes down trickles down to that county and city but federal and state dollars are where most of our dollars are coming from Again, we're talking about the Murfreesboro City School System this morning. The time right now, 8.39 on this Monday. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back right after this. If you could use a little more tranquility in your life, 
and let's be honest, after the last year we all could, then consider a home aquarium. Multiple studies have shown that aquariums reduce stress, elevate mood, and lower blood pressure. Here at Animal City, we have all the supplies and knowledge needed to create your own aquatic oasis. This is Amanda at Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. We are happy to put our 30 years of pet experience to work for you. 919 Northwest Broad Street. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. It is important that we honor our American veterans every day. That's why Family Staffing Solutions takes great pride in saluting our local veterans here in Rutherford County. Veterans, we thank you and your story matters to us. Family Staffing Solutions, stay independent at home and in charge. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. United States Army, 1967, and I got out in 1969. In this salute, we talked to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. My base pay was $81 when I went into the Army, and they said if you go to jump school and jump out of the airplanes, we'll pay you an additional $55. I said, wow, that's what I chose to do. We're talking with Russell Ashton. Of course, it was a lot of good training. I mean, we're talking about getting physically fit. And I'm sure boot camp was a whole lot different back then compared to today it's a different world it sure is you're a veteran who served during a wartime the average citizen I don't think they understand what that means I don't think they understand what things you may have seen and it's hard to even comprehend when you start to think about it that's right I just I think about it all the time no one has ever looked through my eyes and no one has ever worn my boots I guess that's hard for other people to understand. People here in the great America don't have a clue what's going on in the world. They're just standing around in the dark in broad open daylight. What was life like after you got out of Vietnam and came back home? I immediately went to work due to the fact of how my parents raised me up. I thank God every day for the way that my mother and father raised me up. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran-owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Has life kept you away from the dentist? Visit us at Almaville Farms Family Dentistry in Smyrna. We're a family dental practice for you and your family's dental needs. We offer general and cosmetic dentistry. We're located just off of I-24 on Almaville Road. Almaville Farms Family Dentistry. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. 
Right now that time, 8.43, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Monday morning, and we're talking about the Murfreesboro City Schools. And with us, Lisa Trail, Director of Communications, and Sherry Arnett, Director of Instruction at the City School System. And I believe what you were saying during that break, uh, the calendar has changed for the schools this week or starting this week? This week we do have a calendar change. We had uh, planned on having an asynchronous learning day on Wednesday, which is when the children are able to learn at their own pace. Um, We are moving that day to Friday. And it was kind of a last minute thing. We've already sent out messages to the parents and we apologize for it to be so last minute. This is all based on the board's approval tomorrow night. So we know it's like, okay, if the board approves this tomorrow night, our our calendar this week is going to look like this. And it's, it's really tough, but there's a really good rationale behind it. We just found out from the state that... Um, we will be receiving our COVID-19 vaccines for our staff members. And we should be receiving those today. And if we get those in hand today, we'll be giving the uh, vaccines on Friday. And this is a huge coordination between our coordinated school health department, our nursing department, and the Rutherford County Health Department. But we will be taking that burden off of the health department and pulling it in-house. And to do that, we were planning on doing those vaccines on Wednesday, but our medical team has advised us that we should do the shots the vaccines on friday because of any kind of reaction that staff members may have so we hope that we're going to start the vaccinations on friday our first round and we are planning on doing about 900 friday so that will if we can do them in-house that allows rutherford county health department to be able to take care of the community a lot easier so i realize it is um, very last minute for us to be telling our parents and we do apologize but we really want to do our part in getting those vaccinations started because we have just opened up to that 1b level and 1b was what teachers were sitting in now that said some of the other counties have already opened up to 1b and we've had lots of teachers already driving other places trying to get those vaccines but friday we will be really utilizing that asynchronous learning day as uh, for vaccinations and of course the cdc came out with their official word i guess a week and a half ago and that was school should be in i mean didn't (laughs) have much else to say right right they did talk about how children who are in those upper grades such as high school are the ones who are more likely to get covid as opposed to those in the younger grades not that they are more susceptible at high school age or not but they are more so i guess likely to get it than compared to those who are in elementary or primary school. So I I guess, you know, that's probably good news for parents to hear, but for teachers, that's a different story. Right, right. So we want to make sure that our teachers have the access to that vaccine if they want to take it. It is voluntary by all means. We're not forcing any teacher or any staff member to have it, but we're trying to make it convenient for them. Um, And we are really we've really watched our quarantines over the past oh, month and a half really go down and hopefully we're we're you know we've learned so much and going forward we we hope it just keeps decreasing but we want to do our part and our part is going to be an inconvenience we realize to a lot of families this week but esp will be in on friday so it will be an asynchronous learning day but esp is there so if you want to send your children to school uh the esp staff will really help with that at home learning that day now this synchronous learning day that's a, a new word that i didn't hear before yeah. covid maybe it's been something that's been around for years but 
it's something new that I think a lot of parents were not familiar with hearing a synchronous learning day pre-COVID. So kind of tell us how yeah. that came about for the city. It definitely was is a, one of those words we have learned and we have... Th- in the education they've been using it for a long time it's just not one of those words we've spoken a lot so i always try to say synchronous is like if you hear of synchronous swimming when they're all doing it together and uh, in true time but asynchronous means that they're not in true time so you are learning teachers teachers have already prepared their work their studies but you're not learning in synchronous synchronously with the teacher so sherry (laughs) (laughs) so generally what happens teachers have sent home the work the day prior or picked up if they're virtual um, and they learn at their own pace for that day but they have certain assignments that they they complete and then return to school the next day we're in so for us this friday it'll be monday so uh, talking about work that kids can take home i know that a lot of kids they did get behind during the weeks that there were, I guess, more outage, more people out because of COVID. So how are they going about catching up? Is it the days like this where they are really catching up? One thing we have in our scope and sequence, so to speak, is like the map that teachers use to teach um, throughout the year. There's some flex time in there. So even though we may have been out a week for snow, there's still some days built in that they can use to help catch up with that. Because of COVID, I, I think there are some kids who are behind who normally would not have been behind because kids really do learn better in the classroom setting. But for those kids who are behind, is there a chance that we're going to see more kids being held back a year? Or are we going to be able to, I guess, push them forward, get them on the correct page come next school year or during summer school? Well. And saying that they're behind is really not, you know, really accurate. It is just what has been offered at this point. So, um, and, you know, I had, I was speaking with a friend earlier and they were talking about learning loss and it's like learning loss is going with the, the thought process that you already know it. So we're, we're, it's really, there's a lot of words that are thrown out, but children are learning. They're, they are going through the process, and we are doing it, honestly, as a nation. So um, They just haven't been exposed to some of that material yet, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're being exposed to it maybe just at a later time, mm-hmm. but going forward. So there may be a few little gaps, but we're going to close those gaps yeah. for them. But that does make us uh, kind of a good flow into summer school. Uh, we will be offering summer school this year, and it will be a voluntary summer school. But we are really hoping that many, many, many parents take advantage of this. Um, it is free, and we are going to make sure that our kids are fed, you know, breakfast and mm-hmm. lunch, and a lot of really good curriculum in the middle of that. But um, Sherry, if you want to kind of talk about what that's going to look like for our students, it would be great. So it will be a six-week summer school program. We've still got a few little details that we've still got to iron out, but as Lisa said, there will be a summer school curriculum. Our focus is going to be on um, ELA or reading and on math. Um, it's not going to look like, I don't know if we can still say your traditional school setting, but it is going to look a little different. It will be summer for, you know, so to speak, but we're going to make it um, as intentional as possible, but also, you know, keep in mind that it is summer. You know, I am curious because you were talking about how the kids are not necessarily behind. They're just learning at it. Well, I guess they didn't 
maybe they didn't cover this last chapter and whatever the book is yeah. are they going to have to start that next school year with that last chapter be it even if it's a year behind now we have one great thing called our intervention program so once we do we assess our children and see exactly where they are that's why those benchmark assessments are so important for us to have then we as classroom teachers and our interventionists can come in and fill those gaps a lot of times it's just that again the child has not been exposed to the material and once they are they just soar so there won't be the need to use that fourth grade textbook at the start of the fifth grade year or anything no, no, different like that? Absolutely not. Okay. And the summer school, that is, you, you again said it's optional. How do parents go about signing their children up for that? We'll be sending out a lot of details to parents about mid-March, uh, just saying how to sign up, how to get in, involved. We actually sent a survey uh, about four weeks ago mm -hmm. to parents just to see before we did all this planning to see if they're that what their interest level was and we received a lot of great feedback and a lot of people saying yes count us in <laughs> a lot of people saying count us in so um we will be reaching out to parents and making sure that they know how to get their child registered all the details about it again it's going to be optional but we are really encouraging it uh we want students um, to to have experiences in the classroom that are you know fun and and again it's summer but it's going to be very intentional so it's not just summer camp it is actually summer school yeah. but it should be a little bit easier classrooms should be a little bit brighter and all that I think teachers would say to you you know even in a regular school year if, if your kids are having fun they're learning they just don't realize it yeah Again, with us in studio, Sherry Arnett and Lisa Trell from the Murfreesboro City School System. Been covering a, a variety of topics, but also summer school. And uh, again, that is an option that I'm sure some parents will enroll their children in for sure. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting next year because I'm curious if the mask, are those going to be a mandate come next school year? Or has that been discussed yet? We don't know. I mean, that will all be based on where we are in the state of Tennessee with and in rutherford county and murfreesboro city with covid and um so until we know that we don't know what's going to be required um again it's one of those things where we are going to be planning for lots of different options and be ready to go when the school year begins the one thing we do know um is that we will have a large kindergarten class <laughs> that is one thing we do we are planning for pretty much with surety because we know a lot of people held their child back this year so we're going to have a lot of kindergartners next year and again with the city of murfreesboro school system you are saying that about 80 percent of students are in the classroom now so about 20 percent or so are at home learning right. distance learners right. i guess um you know I'm, I'm wondering and i guess you won't know this until the state kind of figures out where they are for next school year but you really don't know how full the classroom is going to be next year do you well we know that we won't be past 20 to 1 that's our typical um school year uh, we average 20 to 1 so one teacher for every 20 students um, it's a little bit lower at some schools a little bit higher at others but that's our average in fact i think our average last year was like one for 19.2 or something like that so um, we do have state guidelines where we can't go over a certain amount and that varies by grade level so you know i if we have and what i'm saying we will probably be planning on a new a large kindergarten class what i'm saying is we'll have to be able to hire for that it's not like we're going to take 
30 kids in we'll a need kindergarten, more kindergarten class. teachers. Yeah, we need more kindergarten <laughs> teachers and kindergarten classrooms and stuff. And, you know, that's just one of those things where we, we just kind of know that's going to happen. Other than that, we plan for lots of alternatives. And once we get those numbers in, and, and a lot of people, this is kind of one of those things we get asked a lot is, why do you start on one day, take off a day, and then, then you're back to ready? And that's so that we can just see how many kids actually came to school, how many registered, and they're ready to go, and we can put them in the classrooms and be ready to learn instead of still transitioning on that day two and three so it's going to be an interesting year but i don't i think you know if we can survive this past year we can pretty much teach children anywhere so um i'm i'm really excited about the uh planning for not only summer but for the school year of 21 22 and that school calendar has already been set our board approved it last month so that is already on our website if people are looking to know when we start school we are beginning in august august 2nd and um teachers yeah return august Te- 2nd august 2nd is when teachers return yeah, not the kids august. but august and we're following really closely with rutherford county this year as far as start dates and we always try to get our fall break and our spring break together so that's already there and people can plan their vacations we only have about three minutes left but are there plans for any new schools to be built in the city at this point no there's not any plans for any in the next couple of years we will probably do some new zoning just to really cover where we're getting some crowding issues but the plans for new schools just really aren't on the table at this point and i'm just saying like this year next year three years down the road um i don't know what will happen after that but for right now there's not a school in design but we will have to have some zoning to make sure because salem filled up a lot quicker than we were expecting it to um overall creek is still fairly full the west side just it's just such a growing side trying to keep up with that has been really difficult um, I shouldn't say difficult. It's been it's been a great opportunity <laughs> for us. And then we are seeing more housing going up over on the Seagull side of town as well. So we'll just keep we'll just keep doing what we know how to do. Again, with us this morning from the Murfreesboro City School System, Lisa Trail, Director of Communications, and Sherry Arnett, Director of Instruction. If any parents have any questions about anything we covered this morning, what is the website for the City of Murfreesboro Schools? cityschools.net very easy www.cityschools.net and most everything we've covered is on there we don't if they're asking about summer school we don't have that out yet Uh, parents will be the first one to get it but Mm -hmm. we just don't have that ready to be sent out at this point so when that is available are flyers going to be going home with the kids or parents going to be emailed how does that work we do a lot of of our what we would call flyers are all electronic so we will send it out through all calls and emails and peach jar and class dojo and all of the things that we have as far as a resource we will make sure parents know what is available and lisa one um we'd like to share with parents at summer school during parent teacher conferences too that fall right. during that time so a lot so of information will be shared then parents will be well informed lots mm-hmm. of opportunities to learn all that information I right guess. and that is for any child that is in Murfreesboro City Schools. So that would not be for a upcoming kindergartner. They would actually have to be a part of Murfreesboro City Schools. Sounds good. Again, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Again, we've been talking about the City of Murfreesboro School System. Time right now, 8.59. Stay with us. We have local news followed by CBS Radio News in just a minute.
We'll see skies becoming mostly sunny this afternoon with a high into the upper 40s. Winds out of the west of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 31. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 45. Good morning. Really not too bad right now as we check it out live here on 24. It can be past 840 as you continue on 24 westbound towards Nashville up through the Hickory Hollow area. 41 here between Laverne and Smyrna has also picked up just a bit. We've actually been in somewhat of decent shape on the interstate uh, here so far as far as interstate accidents or delays. Better than the start we had last week, that's for sure. Ripley's Aquarium in the Smokies will be hosting Sleep of the Sharks coming up March 27th. All the details. Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere. We are WGNS Murfreesboro.